Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello. How are you? Wait, what am I saying? How are you doing? Just say hello, Pete. Yeah, I got confused. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Our listeners, they're used to your uh, interesting um, first statements. Antics. Antics. That's a good word. Is that it? That's a good word. Yeah, just trying to figure out life the best I can. And sometimes I get it right. Speaking of life, what's going on? A lot. In your life? A lot. How about you? Um, it's football season. How much time? Co- more specifically, it's how much, college football season. How much time do we have to talk about? Um, we got all day, or it, until my belly gets hungry for lunch. Who wants to hear about my life? I mean, I got the drama, I got the good, I got the highs, the lows. I, I'd say about 2,600 of our Facebook um, subscribers would like to hear can, about your life. Can you imagine if we got on here and we started talking about our real life? Okay, not not the cuz we always bring up the highlights, right? Yeah. But can you imagine if we got on here and we started saying, "Okay, well, this is what happened this way. Here's the drama that I Let's went through. I was in a lot of pain this week and <laughs> I had to deal with this and yeah. I mean, can you imagine? People be like, "What is wrong with these people? They're such a drag. They're just going to tear me down." I don't know or they would they would be impressed at how real we were. Yeah, like we like putting up on Facebook a picture without our makeup on. Yeah, like, like that. I do that all the time anyway. Because Facebook is just a highlight reel of people's lives That's anyway. It. That's it. And what's sad, the sad part is people try to compare their lives to people's highlight reel. And that's a depressing way to live. So let's, let's put this in a nutshell. My life is stretching. There's a lot of drama. You do stretching? There's a, yeah, that too. <laughs> Yoga, here we go. <laughs> but but I, I, I've learned... To, to focus in on Jesus, I've learned to surrender and cast all of my cares and burdens unto him. And so what I reflect on and what I talk about most is the good things. Does that help? A little bit. It does. Yeah. So we, so we don't need to dwell upon the bad things because we've surrendered them and we cast them all over to God. So there we go. That's the reason why I don't bring up all the other drama. But I want to sometimes. But it's there. Yeah, because I want to feel like people to say, like, woe is me. Yeah, uh, yeah, don't yeah. do that. No, but I mean, it feels good. Like, if someone pats you on the back and they say, oh, Pete, we'll <laughs> oh, take care Pete. of it. Oh, let me, oh, let me help you. Uh, I don't like playing the victim. No, but I that's mean, sometimes, a, that's, I don't either. I'm with a, it's, you. Ugh. I don't like to either. But I mean, I'm just saying, it's like, sometimes you feel like you wish God would put it on someone's heart to just well, you do this all the time. So maybe that he does do that where you're having one of those days. Like the other day I was having one of those days. Remember I said I was crying or something was going through and, and you just out of the blue, the Lord put it on your heart and you just texted me. He did. That was pretty surreal. So I guess that's what I'm saying. It's nice when that happens. You know, you don't, you're not letting everybody know about the drama, but it's nice. So Here's, I guess here's what we're saying. If God puts, <laughs> some, home, if, if God puts something on your heart to talk or to l- call somebody, yes, do it. Yes. I cannot emphasize that enough. And that's exactly what happened last week. It's just like out of the blue, Pete came, just, just popped in, like popped in my thought process. And it's easy to just kind of blow that off or be like, oh, well, I'll call him later, see how he's doing. Don't do that. 
if some if somebody is on your mind for some reason, especially if it's not somebody you talk to all the time. So Pete, I talk to a lot, but if somebody just like say you're I don't know a high school old high school friend or you know a college buddy you haven't talked to in forever, but for some reason that person comes to mind, do not hesitate. Drop what you're doing and send them a text. Reach out to them. Call them. Do something. There's a reason for it. The Holy Spirit will tell you. It makes such a big difference. And it really, I mean, I told you afterwards, it really helped. It really yep. helped that whole situation that we were going through. And and I, that's so funny. So here we are rambling. Everybody's listening to our rambles. And I'm trying to be honest and truthful. We're just bringing forthcoming. And then God then, look at how God just used that. That was completely unscripted, guys. God had, is so good, man. We I were going to so talk blessed. about football. <laughs> Well, what else is new? Well, September 11th, time this show uh, drops, it'll be September 11th. And, um, oh, pretty close, yeah. What is your story? What, where were you at when September 11th happened? Yeah, I was, um, I, I was, I had a new job. I, I was just out of college. I know you guys are like, how was he just out of college 20 years ago? Well, it's because I was a 30-year-old freshman when I went to school. But I was just out of college, started a new job here looking 30 in Orlando. Yeah, right? <laughs> in Orlando. I, the only job... Well, it's kind of one of the only jobs, I think, that I ever had a cubicle. So I'm sitting in my cubicle. I'm listening to uh, uh, the radio station, and uh, they come on on the air and say, you know, hey, uh, something just happened at the World Trade Center. It's on fire. And then the reports were like, well, somebody thought it was a small plane. And just, you know, nobody knew what was going on. It was kind of crazy. And then uh, so everybody's like turning TVs on, and we're starting to figure out and listening and trying to figure out what's going on and then the second plane flies into the world trade center mm. and then that's when i think it just it hit everybody it mm-hmm. kind of got that sinking mm-hmm. feeling in your in your gut you're like um we're being attacked yeah and so that's kind of when everything got real you know so, at first it was just like oh what's going on but we were yeah. in california so we were three hours behind you because you were in florida yeah and we were um we got a call it's my september 11th is my friend's birthday he was a when I was a youth pastor, he was our junior high pastor. And so he, we usually call and we talk on his birthday or something like that. But he calls me at 7 a.m. He's in Atlanta, Georgia now at this time. And he calls me at 7 a.m. And I got the call. He says, hey, did you hear? I was like, what? Turn on the TV. And so we turn on the TV and it, we saw the first building. And then we witnessed with everybody else the second building yeah. happen. And I remember that day, we were. it was the weirdest experience we went to work um we christine and i had a business at that time we were also youth pastors but we went to work and it was just like a weird eerie it's like we couldn't even work i mean we actually i don't think left. anybody did yeah we couldn't work and then what's really funny is the whole economy shop down again remember that and just nothing was going and we're like oh my gosh how do we survive you know all the businesses because we weren't in cash flow at that time we're not really that much in cash flow now but um God provided for us to sell American flags is the weirdest thing. Really? So we got um, like the thousands of orders and we went to these, uh, their thrifty drug stores in California and we started calling up all the thrifties and every one of them took, took flags from us. And so we were distributing these flags. I never did distributing flags. We had op- uh, connections to that because of the marketing that we were doing. And then we got a big, huge thing from China. So China supplied us with a lot of flags, too. And uh, that's just such an awesome Fellow, fellow Americans, only <laughs> buy flags made in America, please. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, that's how we got through those, those three months, is selling flags. Wow. Remember how many people had flags? Remember yeah, that time? Yeah, everybody it's had. Everybody. So them. some of my memories, so 
we Crystal and I had already had a trip planned in New York City. She was a she, a big Cal Ripken fan, mm. and Cal Ripken was retiring that year. It was his last year. Uh. So as a surprise for her, I bought uh, I bought tickets to Yankee Stadium to watch. Um, the Orioles and Cal Ripken come up and play his last time in Yankee Stadium. So we already had tickets for the end of September. The original Iron Man. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, we thought about canceling it, but we ended up going to New York. So two weeks after the attack, we go to New York. And it was, you say, you talk about surreal. It was just the, the strangest thing. So we went down to Ground Zero. The, the, the smell yeah. was still just weird. I mean, you could smell jet fuel still mm. um and there was just dust and soot and mm. everything it was just really really strange but what hit me the most and i think this ties into what we're going to talk about today pete um was how people treated each other mm. i mean we were a different people on september 12th than we were on september 10th yeah we unified we were unified yeah and, and then it's you think about it; it's kind of sad that it takes it, it takes an act of war or something that catastrophic for us to unite. Because man, we are so divided, and I know we have listeners all over the world, but our, our country right now is divided in so many ways. And in, in it a way, it's civil war, like you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it. I feel like we're in a cold civil war right now, yeah. and you know, but we were September twelfth. We were different people. Yep. It, it didn't matter on September twelfth who you voted for. It didn't matter what color your skin was. It didn't matter where you went to church, where you, it, it, what kind of car you drove. It none of that mattered. Everybody was caring for each other. They were helping each other. I was in a. We were in a subway. Going from Coop, because we stayed in Queens. We're riding from Queens over to Manhattan. And just people were kind on the subway. <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't happen. You know, New Yorkers were kind. Did it you was, go to the game at we, all? We did. did yeah. Were they were they cussing? Have you been to a Yankee game before? No, that was the only time I've ever been to Yankee oh, Stadium. it is harsh. Yeah, it was not. Okay. We've been, Christine and I have been many, a few times, and it is brutal. It is the language, the the hate, the... It was not. It, it is brutal. Those poor guys on kind. the field hear it all the time. I want to I want to live in a land of 912. Wow. Because it, it was special. So that's what I remember the most Lord, about it. Lord, bring revival so that bring can happen again. back 912. Yeah. We... Th- because I honestly, I mean, I believe that's who we are, really, as Americans. We are the people that were on nine twelve. I mean, and you know, adversity kind of brings out character, right? Mm. I, man, it's just the world has changed, no doubt. Mm. You know what? Another thing I thought was really eerie during that the first week or so after the uh, attack, there were there were no airplanes in the sky. Yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Yeah, because uh, we lived in, uh, in in a town where it was kind of like in the flight plan, where you know we always had planes. You know, they're like 10,000 feet, but you see them all the time. You see planes all the time. It's not loud, but you don't realize until they're not there. And then you're like, it's just eerie. It was eerie quiet. We were out in the backyard that night that the flights were done. And we went up and we were just watching the stars. And we saw some satellites. Um, that were going by, but there was no planes. And no we planes. were saying the same thing. We remember that. It was it was eerie. It was different. All right. It was well, crazy. September 11th. So if anybody uh, knows anybody, continue to pray for those families yes. that have been affected by it. 20 and, years. 
That's and unbelievable. We would, yeah, it is. We would love to hear your story too. So yeah. if you want to like text or t- tell us the story, what were you doing on September 11th? We'd love to hear it. And uh, maybe we'll mention you on the show next week. Who knows? That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, what are we doing? Years. We're gonna we're 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 still in the book of Colossians, and you know, we're gonna kind of back up a little bit. We some of you are probably very clever, and you noticed we skipped four verses. Um, <laughs> we left a little gap of four verses in in chapter one, and we're gonna go back and talk about that today. But our show title. Our show title is Three Ways to Pray for Others. And uh, the text, if, you, if, if you're not driving, if you're sitting at home listening to us or watching us on YouTube, you know, go ahead and grab your Bibles, open up to Colossians 1, and we're going to go through verses 9 through 12 today. So kind of get that ready. But before we even do that, um, let's, let's open up the show in prayer, Pete. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, just, uh, we thank you for this time that we have to, uh, man, just kind of share a little bit about... Uh, what what Paul wrote to uh, the, what were those folks called the Colossae, yeah. Coloss, the Colossians, and uh, man, we're just uh, we're just honored to be able to even today hear the, hear these words that he that he wrote, Father. We thank you for uh, for Paul and uh, for you using him in in his ministry in a way that uh, we can still experience it two thousand years later. Um, Father, just I just ask that, that we learn something today, that uh, we learn what, is, what it means and how to pray for others and uh, why it's important that we do that. And uh, Father, I ask you to just bless our listeners today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're listening and you, uh, amen, if you, I can say that <laughs> first. If you're listening and you didn't listen to last week's, listen to last week's show. It was so, so good. And uh, how we were just able to break down verses 13 through 18. So that would just kind of give it context of where we're going right now. Because uh, it'll give it a little bit of a backstory, but um, this week's show is going to be amazing too. So let's go cool. For it. So let's get started. Um, before we do that, make sure you subscribe and you like and and share with uh, somebody that you know that could, you know that could, would like to hear the show as well. Tell them about these two crazy guys you hear on the on the podcast, and uh, we'd really appreciate that. Make sure you um, subscribe for sure. That way, you get uh, notified every Thursday morning with our people new don't show. people don't realize this, but we'll say it. We'll toot our own horn a little Uh-oh. bit because we're going to boast for Jesus, but. We are getting organic every single week. We have new subscribers, new listeners, and it just blows our mind. We're just, we're absolutely like shocked. <laughs> I mean, it's no like, doubt. God is so good. So Thank you. praise you, Lord. Yes, for doing Lord. That. Thank you people for doing that. Awesome. So the prayers of Paul's prisoner, prison letters are very unique. For one, he prayed for others and not for himself, which is interesting because he was sitting in a prison cell. Yeah. Most, if not all, of his requests in his prayers center on spiritual blessing, not on material or physical matters. Of course, we're not saying it's wrong to pray for such needs, but we are saying spiritual needs are vastly more important. Today's show, we want to focus on three requests that Paul made to the Church of Colossians. Uh, We want to highlight the importance of seeing problems that may arise in others and how to pray for them accordingly. To Paul's example, we find in Colossians. So again, this is a... We're... Paul is such a good example to us. It's there's so many people in our lives today that are hurting. Just like you know, uh, you know, the other day we were, I was going through a little bit of emotions, and and Bob, the Spirit of God, put it on him to reach out to him, and he was praying for us, and he was there. There's so many people 
that need prayer, that need help, that we are to be intercessory prayers. And Paul is is helping us to see the perfect way. I think it's the perfect way to pray for somebody and, and to really help them get in oneness with the Spirit of God, to get in oneness with the Father. So a little background again, if you listened to last week's show, we gave more of a background, but Paul again is addressing here the false teachers uh, in Colossians. He's recognizing that it is an attack of Satan to deceive the believers. So he's like, okay, I need to pray for them because they're under attack. So he's he's recognizing this. He's, he's getting report from Epaphras and Philemon. He's getting reports from other believers in that area. And he said, okay, I need to pray for them. So I'm going to write a letter. I'm going to pray for them in that letter. He realizes that the false teachers are using the same language as he would use to try to persuade them to believe that they are what they are teaching. So Paul took these matters to prayer. So again, it's it's like uh, Satan tries to deceive us. So he'll make wolves in sheep's clothing. So he'll try to use some of the same language. He'll try to get us complacent. He'll try to do that. And if you see that in another believer, you need to recognize that and start praying for them. And so listen to the show over and over again, and then start utilizing what it's saying, what we're saying and start praying for people to do that. So let's go ahead and read Colossians 1, 9 through 12, and we'll break this down. Yeah, let's jump into the text. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So, uh, as we said, uh, Pete, we've got three, um, just three ways to pray for others. And the first thing we wanted to talk about was uh, Paul prayed for spiritual intelligence. Yeah, in Colossians 1.9, he said, And so from the day we heard... We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so when we're praying for somebody, we want to pray that God would intervene, that they would have all spiritual intelligence, all spiritual wisdom, all spiritual understanding, and more importantly, that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Because how many times have you heard people say that, hey, I have no idea what to do. I have no idea what my next steps. And so if there's people that are truly seeking God's will, we want to be intercessory prayers for them. In, in, in James 5.16, it says, the prayer of the righteous person has great power as it's working. So if God is working in your life and you are living righteously, then you have an obligation and a duty to recognize that the person is needing spiritual intelligence because they're lacking understanding. And so we want to pray for them. We want to stand in the gap and we want to pray specifically that God would give them uh, the, his will, that they would have understanding and knowledge and that they would have wisdom. So let's unpack this verse. Paul is letting the Colossians uh, church know that in his prayer, they do not need a new spiritual experience. You only need to grow in the experience you already have. So he's telling them, listen, church, I'm praying that God gives you knowledge and wisdom. But when you're searching and seeking after all these other religions and all these, all these other doctrines, 
stop because all you need is Jesus. And this goes back to last week's show. All you need is what he has given you. And, and, and so many times a Christian, they'll say that, Hey, I, I read my devotion this morning. That's good enough. Right. And, and we would say, no, that's the snack. That's not the main meal. And, and it, it isn't enough because what's happening is the reason why they're able to write that devotion is because they were able to munch on Jesus. They were able to read the word. They were able to digest that. And God, the Holy Spirit, was giving them knowledge, giving them wisdom, giving them understanding that they were able then to write the devotion as a byproduct, as a help to the word of God. It's not the word of God. We don't just read that. So a lot of Christians would do that. A lot of Christians will read books. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I asked, do you read a Bible? No, but I just read the book, you know, Purpose Driven Life, you know, whatever. I just read that. Well, that's great. But again, it goes back to that's, that's the secondary. That's your snack. That's not, that's not what you munch on. So Paul is telling the people here, he's saying to the Colossian church, listen, these false teachers that are trying to deceive you, that they're using all these special words that we use, that they're, they're trying to get your eyes off of Jesus. They're trying to say that you need to do this and do this and do this and that you need to fill your mind with this book and this this thing instead of going back and just resting and learning more about Jesus. And so when we pray for people, we want to pray specifically that they will not allow the world knowledge, the world's understanding to invade their mind. We want the knowledge of God. We want them to have more of Jesus. We want them to have a more of a relationship, intimacy with him so that his wisdom, his knowledge would go. So that's what Paul's instructing. That's really good, Pete. So what I'm hearing you say is if the snack is pushing you to more of that, then that's an issue. If the snack is pushing you to back to Jesus or back to the word, then then that's a good thing. Is that yeah, what you're well, saying? yeah, yeah. There's some snacks that are good. I mean, yeah. I can eat my celery well, and it's well, you, good. Well, you're talking about like reading books and stuff. If that book is pushing you to get deeper into the Word or draw your relationship closer to that Jesus, good. that's a good thing. Yes, th- if that it's would be my celery. pulling you away from that yes. and you're starting to say, oh, I can use this as a substitute, no, that's not Let's good. Let's just be honest. Cookies are good. And so if my, I'm, I mean, let's just that's be honest. A good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. So if I'm munching and there's a cookie and I keep, oh man, I want more cookie, but what is it doing to me? Is it really drawing me closer to the Lord? Is it more feeding my fantasy? Is it more feeding my flesh? Yeah. Is it more, is it confusing me more? Because there's, I mean, there's so many books, there's so many pastors or teachers out there that are saying things that are false doctrine or other, and it's confusing you. Mm. Just simplify it, as he's saying here, and get back to the Word of God. And if you see a friend or somebody, a family member that's doing that, you have a duty and obligation to pray that the knowledge and the will of God would intervene, that they would just see Jesus, that they would find that. They would get rid of all of the other snacks and just munch on Jesus. That's good. Every believer needs to know the will of God. The Greek word Paul uses here for knowledge carries the meaning of full knowledge. Hmm. In essence, he is saying... We will always be learning about his full will for our lives. Mm, amen. In Acts 2, 22, 14, it says that God wants us to know his will. And in Ephesians 5, 17, he wants us to understand his will. In John 15, 13, 15, he says, we are his friends and we can now, we can know what he is doing and why he is doing it. So why do we want to pray for our friends? Is because God is telling us that we are to know his will. We want to pray for our friends to know God's will. We want to pray that they have the knowledge of God. And if they're seeking things and they're confused and they're, uh, they're, they're out of whack and, and you're doing that, you want to pray for them. 
And at the same time, if you're out of whack and you're not seeking God and this is talking to you, then we want to pray for you to, to get in line with knowing the knowledge and the will of God. Yeah, it was just, I think we were talking about this in the pre-show and I think, you know, maybe this is a good place to bring it up. It's if you're, if you're not seeking the will, you can't really, you can't pray for others correctly if you're not in the right place, right? Yeah, we're, we'll get into that a little bit later. But if if you are misaligned, if you have imbalance in your own walk, the, the last thing that you're going to be thinking about is praying for somebody else. It's it's like your your whole purpose in life right now is just to survive today. You're like, oh my gosh, I have worry, I have fear. I, I can't figure out my next steps. I don't know how to make this decisions. I don't have all that. And the reason why you're in that position is because you're not seeking the knowledge and the will from Jesus himself. You're not in your word. You're not pressing into him. You're not spending time in prayer with him. And if you do that, then it's very difficult for you to pray for others. But this is a command of God. We are to be intercessors. You know, James 5.16 puts it perfectly. We are to intercede for other people. And this is very important for, for believers to under, understand that we need to pray for others this way. Let me read, let me read verse 9 one more time. Okay. It, it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. The key word in this verse is filled. Amen. G, Paul uses the word often in his letters, and the word carries the idea of being fully equipped. In his time, it would have been used to describe a ship that was ready for a voyage. Wow. The believer has in Christ all that he needs for the voyage of life. That's just That just blows my mind. So, Because Paul <clears throat> always used the vernacular of that, that, you know, that culture. And so when he was talking about filling or the filling, they understood that meant like, hey, when the, when the ship is fully full, it's ready to go, it's, it goes out. And so that's, that's what that filled word is, is that they are fully ready to go. They have all knowledge. They have all wisdom. They know exactly what God is asking of them. And it's always to bring him glory. So, you know, again, if you see somebody struggling, you need to pray for that. If that is you and you don't know, you're not totally filled with God, then, then stop what you're doing and, and get in God's presence. Worship Him. Get into the Word of God. Get involved in ministry. Get involved at church. Surround yourself uh, in His presence and, and start growing and learning so that you can be filled with the Word of God, so that you are prepared to go on your voyage. Because if you're not filled, you're going to go on an empty ship. And what happens if you face things that, that obstacles along the way, or you arrive at your destination, you're empty, you don't have nothing to offer. So you want to have your ship filled with God. Colossians 2.10 says, we are complete in him. John 1.16 says, we have received all of his fullness. And so Jesus promises that if you seek him, he will, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. If you, if you seek to be full of the Spirit of God, He will make you full. The Bible says it right here. He will fill you up. He will give you all that you need, everything to help you make your decisions in your life today. So it, we understand the will of God by the Word of God. We just said it. You, you don't understand the, word, the will of God you, because you're not in the Word of God. You're not going to get the will of God just from devotions. You're not going to get it just from books. You have to get it from the Word. You have to meditate on that. And if you don't know the Word of God and it confuses you, you, you need to tell your pastor, you need to tell somebody at church that knows it to help you. 
I meet with people right now to help them understand the word of God because it's confusing to them. Let's face it. You know, there's some people that are just learning. If you don't know it, you need to do the steps to get there. But it's important or get a commentary and learn a little bit of what it's saying. So in spiritual intelligence is the beginning of a successful, fruitful life. So if you're not doing the work to be knowledgeable and being filled with the spirit, let's just face it, you're spiritually dumb. (laughs) <laughs> what good i mean let's there, be brutally honest there right? it is you're just dumb so well, we, we were talking about uh, a good example of this you, you've seen people that are been angry and you, they're, they're talking you talk about how they're just full of anger well the same is true of the spirit right yeah people that are spirit filled are just you can just tell it just bubbles out of them so uh, you know we see the anger part all the time it's really obvious when you see somebody bubbling over but we want to be the kind of people that are bubbling over with with that spiritual, uh, you know, it's just a difference. It's 180 degrees if, difference. If you're waking up in the morning and all you can think about is yourself, if you're waking up uh, in the morning. morning and you're saying, hey, I need to fulfill what I want today, what I need today, what I think today, what I feel today. If that is your purpose, you're going to build up inside of you anger, bitterness, resentment, hostility, selfishness. All of those things that are bad. But if you wake up in the morning and say, no, I want to be filled with the Spirit of God. I want to be obedient to the Word of God. I want to listen to God. Then God will then empower you, and this brings us right into our next point, empower you to do the will and to understand His will for His glory. Yeah, and and before we jump into that, Pete, we were talking earlier, and I... I think it's easy for people to confuse, you know, knowledge with this, right? People that they have doctorate's degrees in, in theology and they know all of this stuff. But you were sharing um, three men in history that didn't even go oh, to yeah. school. Um, and But so it's it's a different thing. It's like, that's not what we're talking about. You can have all the knowledge in the world. I mean, you know, look, today we have we have our iPhones. We have access to basically all, every book, every written ever in the world. We have all of that at our fingertips. That's not what Pete and I are trying to, nope. trying to share here. Yeah. Um, yeah, you were talking about Spurgeon and a couple other guys yeah. that I had never even heard. G. Of. Campbell Morgan, yeah, <laughs> and Harry Arns. They didn't have any. They didn't have any formal education. So how did they learn? How did how did they get the spiritual? That's wisdom? the thing is they they were broken. Bible says in in Psalms what fifty one. It comes as a broken and contrite spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, David was saying, "I'm broken and contrite before you," and and that's what God is looking for. And if you are broken and contrite, and you recognize that in the light of God you're nothing, but in Him you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you recognize that He is the the author and finisher of your life, you can come to Him broken and humble, but He will then give you, He will raise up a standard within you to want to know more of Him, to want to have more knowledge, because the more knowledge that we understand in the Word of God, the more that He can then reveal to us His will, His truth. But what happens is a lot of people, they have this knowledge, they have that, but they don't, are not obedient. They're not obedient in what they're doing. They're just, they're, their knowledge puffs up, the Bible says. And so with knowledge, though, with that comes obedience. And that is where the spiritual intelligence comes alive. In the obedience, the Spirit of God can now move and navigate and work within you. And that brings us to our next point. Yeah, so the second, exactly right, Pete. That's awesome. The second thing Paul prayed for was practical obedience. In verse 10, he says, So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
So what we see here is Paul praying that the believers would have not just a head knowledge, but true spiritual wisdom that affects their daily life. In essence, spiritual and practical intelligence must go together. Same with knowledge and obedience. They must go together. And so that's that's exactly what I was talking about. I mean, we can't we can't just have knowledge and then God says, hey, go love your wife or go sacrifice for somebody else or, hey, pray for somebody else, you know, and help and and, and to look at people from his perspective. And, I mean, we if we don't do that, we're not going to grow spiritually. We're going to be all knowledge. You ever been around somebody that has all knowledge but no fruit? Yes. Lots, right? Yes, sir. Yes. And it's hard to be around those people. It's very difficult. It's yeah. like they know everything. They're yeah. like, oh, I have all this knowledge and I know all this stuff. But there's, <laughs> where's the gentleness? Where's yeah. the kindness? Where's the patience? It's where's good. the peace? It's not there. And the reason why it's not there is because they're not practically obedient. They're not obedient in the knowledge that they've been given. It's the difference between head knowledge and spirit, spiritual knowledge, right? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking when 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 I was thinking of the difference about you know it brings me back to to Matthew. Oh, man, one of my one of the scariest verses in the Bible, I think, Matthew seven twenty one through twenty three. It's back when the the guys are talking to Jesus and they're like, you know, well, we did all these things for you. We we yeah. prophesied in yeah. your name and yeah. and Jesus says, get away from me. Yeah. I never knew you. That blows my mind. Oh, that's just yeah. Yeah. If that if that those two or those three verses don't just wake you up, man. That's and you know what else I thought of? I thought of James two nineteen, where James is telling him about you know hey even even the demons know who God is. Wow. So you're like talking about God, but even the demons know who God is, and they shudder. You know what I mean? So the, when we were just talking about that, I'm like those. That's what kind of came to my mind. There's some scary verses in the Bible yeah. that you know. Again, if you just have the head knowledge, oh man, I don't want to hear Jesus say, "Get away from me! I never knew you." If you yeah, if you're not broken and contrite in there, you're not going to hear what you need to change. You're not going to you're going to read the Bible and it's just going to be words to you. It's not going to come alive. It's not going to be active as a two-edged sword. And so you have to approach the word of God in a broken contrite spirit. You have to approach the the word of God uh, broken before him and acknowledge that he is king. And in order for the not, for the Bible to open up to you, you have to come and approach it properly. Mm. And, and when you do that, then the next step is, all right, now you have to be obedient. Because the Bible is full of wisdom, full of knowledge, full of understanding. Everything that you need to know for life is in the Word of God. Everything. There is nothing left out. You can figure it out if you just read the Word of God. And I let come alive. So with that, let's unpack this, these two key words that Paul uses here in verse 10. He says, walk and work. (laughs) So we got to walk and work. These sequences are important. First, wisdom, then walk, right? We need wisdom. So we just talked about that. We need, then we walk and then we work. I cannot work for God unless I am walking with him, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, you can't- You got to be with him. If you're not intimately talking to him every day, how how are you going to be able to work for him? But I cannot walk with him if I am ignorant of his will. We have to know the will of God to be able to do the will of God. In order to do the will of God, I need to walk with the word of God. In order to walk with the word of God, I need to then listen in obedience, and then I can do what he asks of me to do. And so Acts 6, 4 says, spend time daily in the word and prayer. We talked about that. Ephesians 4, 1, we should walk worthy of our calling. Philippians 1, 27 says, we should walk worthy of the gospel. I mean, that's a little bit different. So talking about the, the what Jesus did, the Gospels, how he laid it out, 
he taught us. I mean, Paul's saying that to Philemon, walk worthy of what Jesus did. You know, 1 Thessalonians 2.12, walk worthy of God. In short, we should walk to please God. I mean, there it is. Wow. It's like, if you think about it, if you're waking up in the morning to please self, then you already missed the mark of what God's will is for your day. God's will always will be to please him. God's will will always be to bring him glory. We must understand that. Thessalonians 2.12 says that. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 says, what, uh, what, says what, does, what does that mean? That's not right. I don't have 1 Thessalonians 4.1. Look it up and you'll know. My notes is not there. But, um, but it goes back to where we need to walk and to work. And so um, there's many of us that are not walking with God, so we're not able to work. And if you're, if there's somebody that you know that you need to pray for, that you see them, you know, sitting on the sidelines and they're not doing the will of God, they're not working out, then you have an obligation to pray that for practical obedience for their lives. You have an obligation to pray, as Paul Paul said here, is a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit. Pray for them to bear fruit. Pray that the that that the evil or the whatever is hindering them from being obedient to God would be removed. So pray for those people. And so I got First Thessalonians. If you want me to read it? Yeah, read it. Yeah, it's uh, it just says, finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing that you do so more and more. That's it. So, yeah, just... It's not a one and done. No, more, over and over, right? It's over and over and over again. So what's Philippians 2? Yeah, it says, says. Philippians 2, 12 and 13, it says, um, it is not we who work for God, it is God who works in us and through us to produce the fruit of his grace. Christian service is the result of Christian devotion. The work that we do is the outflow of life that we live. That's good. It is. It is abiding in Christ that we can produce fruit. Yeah, the work that we do is the outflow of the life that we live. So as we are filled up, as we are spending time with him, as we are worshiping him, the overflow of that is the work that we do. For yeah, we can't people. give away what we don't have. No. We were just talking about that. Yeah. So when I got back from my trip, I felt emptied. I felt thirsty. Yeah. And, and it, I think it was because I was giving out so much, I didn't get back in to what I needed to get in. And so it's it's that. It's like, you know, what we want to constantly, every day, as Philippians 4 1 said, every day we need to be filled with that word and to be able to walk. God must make the worker before he can do the work. Think about that. God must make the worker before he can do the work. Hmm. God spent 13 years preparing Joseph's ministry. He spent 80 years, think about that, to prepare Moses. Moses had a hard head, I guess. Well, he, he was, was a slow learner. Yeah, yeah. I think he, <laughs> he, he had to figure it out a little longer. Jesus spent, what, three years, you know, training his disciples before they were able to do the work. Yep. Paul, same thing when he went to Arabia. Here's, here's, here's the bottom line. A newborn babe can cry and make his presence known, but it cannot work. A new Christian can witness for Christ and even win others, but he must be taught to walk and learn God's wisdom before he is placed in an office of responsible ministry. That's a powerful picture of the of a baby crying. I mean, think about yeah. it though. If you're a, if you're a baby Christian and you you're not reading your Bible daily, you're not spending time with the author and finisher of your life, and you don't have an intimate relationship with him, God cannot trust you with ministry because you're not prepared or equipped for ministry. 
And so what is God asking of you to do to get more equipped, to get more prepared so that you can do the work that God is asking of you? You need to walk better. Maybe you're still crawling. Maybe you're still sucking on the milk. Maybe it's time to, to evolve into the meat or to the, to, the, to the heartier things and to learn more so that God can use you more. And if you see, if you're a mature Christian and you're seeing somebody in your, your sphere of influence that is not walking, you have a duty and obligation as Paul did to pray that God's will, that God's obedience would fall upon their life, that they would learn to bear fruit and learn to have intimacy with God. And so Paul is teaching the, the Colossian church here to do that. He's teaching us to do the same thing. Pray for others to allow God to teach them. I mean, that's the bottom line. So God's wisdom reveals God's will, and we obey God's will in our walk. We can work for him and bear fruit. Practical obedience means pleasing God, serving him, and getting to know him better. Bottom line, that's it. That's really good. You know, Peter, it makes me think maybe we should do a show on what that looks like coming up in the future. Break it down, practical. Yeah, that's a good point. That's awesome. All right, well, the third thing, lastly, Paul prays for moral excellence. In Colossians 1, 11 11 and 12, it says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Every time I see all, I circle it in my Bible. Yeah, all means? All. Yeah. And so when I see all, I get excited because it pumps me up. It's all. I like the way that finishes there. The saints in light. That's That sounds really cool. It is. And remember back, remember we said it, I think, in the first show three weeks ago that, that the, the Christians, the early believers, all yeah. called themselves saints. Yeah. And so this is talking to us as, as early believers, or as believers, that we are saints of light. I like it. That was. So what is this talking about? Well, Paul is saying we do not achieve moral excellence because of anything we have done, but what he, has, what he is doing through us. Mm. Knowledge, uh, conduct, service. And our moral character all happen when we position our lives in God's presence. So, so if so, the first part is we're praying for God to give us spiritual intelligence. So we need to understand the Word of God, or we need to understand what His will is, and we need to have that that understanding. And then once God gives us that understanding, we talked about being broken and contrite spirit. We talked about how to get that, how to be in the Word, how to get that. But once we get that, then we're obedient, right? And in, in over time, what happens is when you're obedient, God starts molding and shaping you into his image. He starts, he starts renewing a right spirit within you. You start becoming more and more like Jesus. Your character starts becoming more sweeter. Your, your, your wife and your husband starts noticing a change in you. Your kids start seeing a gentler, kinder self. They, they start seeing patience. We're going to talk about that. They start seeing long suffering. They start seeing you uh, start evolving right before your eyes. They start seeing you caring about other people. You care more about the neighbor than you ever did. You love your dog more than you ever did. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, God's character does that. And, and it starts changing you. And so that's what Paul is saying. He's praying for them that one, that they would, for one, have the spiritual intelligence, that they would be obedient. And he's praying that their moral character would become more like God. What's the Greek word there? Yeah, this is, I love this. The Greek word Paul uses here for power is dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. That's awesome. Yeah. Which means his inherent power. He gives to us because Jesus, because of Jesus. Spiritual growth and maturity can only come when we yield to God's power. 
as we allow him to work in us. I, I almost said, aha. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we had vacation Bible school a couple months ago, and every time we, we said God's power, the kids would all yell, aha, really loud. So it's really pretty funny. So that's why I was, I was laughing about the word dunamis. We learned about that. I learned about that at vacation Bible school this summer. So that was fun. But yeah, that's really cool. So talk about that, though, Bob. So what is the power? How does that, how does that look in our own life? Well, you know, going back to to the summer, it was they every day of the week was it was a different thing that God gives us. Jesus gives us gives the kids power to do, and gives us as well, of course. Um, but it it was just it was the power to love. It was the power to forgive. It was the power to. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of what else we had that week to um, to tell others about Jesus. You know, all that stuff was all, it all kind of came back into it. But I just love that word, dunamis. That's a, that's a cool word. So if, so we want to pray that people would have his power. So the power of God only comes through the obedience that we are doing. And so if we are in his word and we're spilling time and we have an actual relationship, we're praying, we're connecting with him. Paul says in the Bible to pray without ceasing. Well, what he's saying is, is we always have the attitude of prayer. So at work, where we're, wherever we're at, whatever we see, we're bringing the kingdom of God. We talked about this last week. And when we're doing that, what we're doing is saying, God, I am choosing to be obedient. And I know that in my flesh, this is not possible. Okay, in my flesh, it is not possible for me to constantly be praying without season. It's not possible because I sometimes have a bad back. I sometimes am hungry or hangry. I'm sometimes <laughs> there's things that happen. Sometimes a uh, you know something will flash on the screen that tempts me. Whatever that is, something is going to happen to try to distract you. Satan wants you off off course. He wants you. He w- does not want you to have an attitude of prayer. He does not want that. So the power of God comes and is initiated when our spirit, our heart, is aligned with Him, and our mindset is to please Him, and our mindset is to bring Him glory. The power of God is then manifested in us because it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives within me. It's His power now that is performing in me so that He is glorified. The flesh is now decreased, and His power, His authority is now increased, and so that He is now glorified. That's what it's talking about. It's the dunamis. It's the power. In the world, we do not have that. We do not have the power of God. We have the power of flesh, the power of man, the physicality. We work out. We have that power. We have the power of self-will, right? But we do not have a supernatural power that's filled with love, agape love, that's transforming. Only God's love transforms lives. Only God's power changes people for all of all of eternity. You know what I got out of that? Obedience activates the power. Amen. That's that's it, right? Because the power is there. Jesus' power is there, but for us to access it, we have to be obedient. And with that power comes great responsibility. Yeah. And so, what happens sometimes if if we're we're early stages of our walk, we get impatient. And, and so sometimes we start experiencing the power of God and we're like, oh my gosh, I got this power. Oh my God. And then, and then we start getting ahead of God. We start trying to make things happen. We start trying to force things because we've experienced God's power. We've seen the supernatural effect happening in our lives. We've experienced that joy and that goodness inside of us. And sometimes in our, in our immaturity, 
and, and still learning, we get ahead of God. But what ultimately happens when we're consistent in obedience and we're consistent following him, we learn to be patient. We learn to be still in his presence. We learn to allow God to manifest his will perfectly in front of us. We learn to see, we learn to hear, we learn to, to know what the small whisper sounds like. And that's what Paul is praying for the Colossi church, not only to have his power, but also to learn his patience. Yeah, and that's that's the next word in that verse. It says, you know, the next word we see is is patience. The word means endurance when circumstances are difficult. Mm. Patience is an important characteristic of a maturing Christian. If we do not learn patience, we are not likely to learn anything else. Wow. Mic drop. Wow. Think about it. If you're impatient, you can't hear God. You can't know no. the will. No, it's a blocker. It, just, it is. Yeah. And how many of us are impatient? All of us. And, and how many times have you heard the story, don't ask for patience because you might get, get you it? You might get it. Yeah. Well, well but the <laughs> Give truth... Give me patience and hurry up. But the truth is we need to. Right. The truth is we have to accept all that God gives us to learn patience. And, and that brings us to our next point. In order to really understand patience, we have to be long-suffering. We have to have mm. endurance. And, and we know what, what long-suffering is. We know what that is. It, it brings circumstances of pain. It brings moments of, of ugliness in our lives. It brings moments of God revealing to us maybe how far we are from His presence or how far we are from intimacy. Maybe because we, we, we start leaning on our old habits or we start leaning on things of, of the past and we start realizing they don't work. And God is saying, no, I'm right here. I will get you through this. I will work all things together for good for those who are caught according to my purpose. I will get you through this, but you're going to have to learn to wait upon me. It's good. You're going to have to learn to, to have long suffering. And that is the evidence of a spiritual Christian that's walking holy. And if we're watching, if we're, we see people that, that, have, that don't have long suffering, we see people that are impatient, you can immediately recognize right away they're not walking with God. Because the fruit of the Spirit is very evident in people that, that are walking with God because they have patience. They're slow to speak. They're, they, they're quick to listen. They, 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 they are, they are long-suffering. They're, they're okay with waiting it out. They're okay with thriving in the moment, even though it looks like the world. I, I said one time, it's, it's like long-suffering isn't uh, waiting in a rocking chair doing nothing. It's, it's playing ball on the battlefield, thriving in every moment that God gives you. That's good. It's, it's not sitting around twiddling your thumb. It's no, you're in the game, but you're not moving until God reveals himself to you. You're, you're, you're staying put, you're thriving. Whatever he gives you, whatever you see, whatever it is, you're adjusting your life so that he is glorified. That is it. But it's going to take some pain sometimes. There's, let's just face it, people. We have a lot of, a lot of bad habits. I do still. I'm still learning. I, I never am going to arrive until I arrive. I'm still learning all of this. All of us are still learning. But God is revealing himself every day to each and every one of us if we're willing to be in his presence, to hear him, to listen to him. And Paul is saying, people of Colossae, I pray that you learn to, to put on the power of God every day, to have that rule your life. Let that take victory. I'm praying that in your obedience, you learn a patience, you learn long suffering so that you don't get ahead of him. Let him be God of your life. Don't be God. Don't take back the, the ownership manual. Right. Let him have it and let go. Thoughts? Yeah, I just think so often 
we're in a hurry to get uh, me personally in a hurry to get out of a circumstance that we're in instead of just being still and waiting on God. Maybe he's trying to teach me something through this, you know, and so often our, our response and my response is remove me from this circumstance. And that may be not the best thing for us at all. So, man, good stuff, Pete. Yeah, this is a powerful show. Really good. Yeah. So. What what are people's next steps? You know, they're they're reading this. So we, we basically we gave them Paul's three, the the big three, right? Pray for spiritual intelligence, pray for practical obedience, and pray for moral excellence. But maybe there's people that are just saying, "Man, this I don't get this." I mean, I, I I'm struggling in my own little world. I you know how how can I be praying for other people when I I don't even have my you know I don't have my stuff together or I don't have a relationship with this Lord that you're talking about? What do they what what do those people do, Pete? Well, I just put myself in their shoes, and so I I, I confess that I'm imperfect and I've fallen short of God's glory every single day. And, and I recognize and realize that uh, sometimes life is so overwhelming and so difficult and our habits completely uh, overtake us. And what I have learned and what I have experienced that when I stop right now, whatever time of the day that you're listening to this and, and you're hearing this, and if you just stop right now and just say, God, forgive me, help me, I repent of whatever this is. And I just want more of you in my life. And I just want to draw ever closer to you that you are set free in that very moment. And, and God is saying to you that in that moment of repentance, in that moment of, of a broken, contrite spirit, his word, his knowledge, his will, his spirit can now enter and invade every aspect of your life. But when you keep fighting, you're kicking against the goads as Paul, as God told Paul, you're, you're, if you're kicking against his perfect will and you're trying to do it on your own and you're, and you're continuing to, to create these bad habits that are taking you further and further away from the Lord, your life is going to become more and more miserable. You're never going to find the right purpose. You're never going to find uh, the next best thing that's going to set you free, that's going to bring you ultimate peace. Only repentive heart, only a broken and contrite spirit in God's presence will do that. And, and, and I thank God for Paul teaching us this. I thank God that he recognized that we need prayers and we need it like this. We, we need to pray for each other and we're here to pray for you. We're here to stand in the gap with you. We're here to encourage you to not let Satan win and just, just let the goodness of God surround you today. Let his grace and his mercy just cover you. And, and there's some that might be listening to this and they just maybe have never given their life to the Lord. I mean, that happens every week, I'm sure. And, and, and I know that in your heart of hearts, you're saying, I just want to be intimate with Jesus. I, 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 want all, I want to be all in. I want to not live my life this way anymore. And it's possible. And I pray if that's you, that you would just humble your heart right now and just come before the Father and say, God, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I've lived my life my way and I'm done. Yeah. Lord, I want to do it your way. I want to learn more of you. I want to I want to understand who you are. I I I believe that you are good and that you are faithful and that you are true. I believe that you want the best for me. And I just want to give my life to you and in 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 surrender every aspect of who I am to you. And if that if you did pray that and if you did say that out loud or if you did say that in your heart God heard you all the angels in heaven rejoice 
They want to, he just wants to fellowship with you and, and your next steps are just get in the word and, and find a local Bible, uh, Bible believing church and, and, and contact us if you need help on those next steps. I mean, you can go on to riotpodcast.co, go to the no, no God button at the top, click on that, fill out, I just accepted Christ, fill out that page, give us that information and we will contact you. We will help you get on your next steps. We will not ever just pass you off. We'll spend time time with you so that you can get connected with a local church to to learn how to read or to know what to do on the next steps and wow bob that was such a great show today that was a lot of fun awesome um and i just you know if you guys are listening uh, to, to your podcast and you just got comments you go to our facebook page um at, at the riot podcast and you can just put your comments there if you're watching us on youtube which which is awesome you can just comment right there and uh, man like pete said we'd love to hear from you and you can go to our our website at riotpodcast.co and uh, you can there's a bunch of ways you can reach us that way but you know what my heart pete is I just pray that we become the people of September 12th again. Hmm. You know, what a different world it was and we, where we were looking out for each other. You know, we, we had each other's back and we were praying for each other and it was just different, right? This divisiveness is just, it's getting old, my friend. Yeah. It's really getting old. And uh, it I, on I think my heart we can, it, but it's got to start with us. We've yeah. got to, we got to be the ones that make, that make the difference. Mm. I mean, if uh, this, you know, if we can't do it with the Holy Spirit inside of us, mm. then nobody's going to be able to do it. So yeah. um, God used 12 to turn the word upside down. Yeah. He can use you. He can use us. Amen. That's Amen. it. Amen. Well, you guys have an amazing week of worship, and we cannot wait to come back to you a week from today and uh, share what's on our hearts then. So have an amazing week. We love you. We thank you. And uh, God bless. May the Lord bless you and keep you. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.